You are listening to the Post-Atomic Horror Podcast with Ron Algar-Watt and Matt Robotham. Episode 56 covering Lonely Among Us, Justice, and The Battle with special guest Gav Brown. Hello, friends. We're here with our pal Irish, uh, Gav Pepsi, that was it. Gav Pepsi, yes. I couldn't remember what my phone wanted to call you. It's Gav Pepsi. <laughs> Gav Pepe. Yes, Gav Pepe. Gav, Gav Coke can't be here because he's reinventing himself. <laughs> <laughs> Bring back Gav Classic. Uh, we are here. Gav has a has lovely talent of uh, choosing the most ridiculous episodes in a season. Choosing shit mm-hmm. episodes, yeah. Yeah, but but not just bad, like, boring ones, but interesting bad ones. Bad, stupid. Like like I said, this is nothing like the, the last uh, original series episode you did with this Turnabout Intruder, but it is, in a way, very much like it. Mm-hmm. In that if you had to single out one of the more over-the-top, ridiculous, just, this is a bad season because episodes, that would be there. Yeah, justice is it. Yeah, so Blame look justice. forward to that. Yeah. Um, however, first is mine, which actually isn't quite so bad. Uh, it is called Lonely Among Us. It's one of those titles that whenever I look at an episode guy, I say, which one is that again? And I now that I've seen it and I'm reviewing it, I'm still going to think that. It's just yeah, no, not a very memorable come, title. We're going to come back to this one when we do the end of the year thing, and I'll just be all like, what was this one? Yeah, I'm <laughs> Lonely Among Us. That just doesn't does not ring a bell at all. Um, so the Enterprise is escorting two groups of alien diplomats to a conference. These aliens are notable for, for several reasons. First, because they don't particularly resemble any particular Earth culture, for a change. Second, because they aren't just humans with wrinkly foreheads or some gunk on their noses. Seriously, my Aunt Dorothy, you know, the one with the big ward on her nose, look more like an alien than most of what we got later in this series. And lastly, the aliens and their constant attempts to murder one another actually have almost nothing to do with the actual plot. The Enterprise is just doing one thing when they deal with another thing, which is actually a clever bit of subterfuge on the part of the writer, who is, oh, well, it's DC Fontana. That also explains why this episode has a bit of an original series flavor to it, except, oh, well, people are getting possessed. That's actually very next-gen. Surprise Brandon Braga is nowhere to be found in this one. So yeah, there's a spatial anomaly that possesses the crew, just like in all those other next-gen episodes. And there's a chair. Yeah, and a table. Wait, no. That's a whole other awful episode that I'm not supposed to know about yet. But hey, Data's whole Sherlock Holmes thing starts here, which is pretty cool. I mean, he's smoking an actual pipe, which seems like a really bad idea in a spaceship, but I'm obviously not as advanced as these highly advanced future men, which is actually a thing that came up in all three episodes this week, but I just wanted to be sure I pointed it out because, oh my god, it's painfully insufferable. Yes, okay, Gene, we get it. Your future is perfect, and contemporary Earth people, you know, your target audience for this show, are selfish, amoral jerks. And we smell bad. So thanks for constantly reminding us of all our flaws. That's what we want in a TV show. Well, that and cool-looking aliens. So that's one out of two, anyway. Well, that's not horrible. No, it's actually, as episodes go, like, you, you were watching the episodes and you were like, oh man, you got the good one. Like, yeah, I did. No, this was the this was definitely my favorite of the three of them. <laughs> you're, you're starting to develop my uh, next gen season one Stockholm syndrome, <laughs> <laughs> which everyone has accused me of having when I say season one isn't that bad. But really, once you once you're ten episodes deep, you're like, oh, this this isn't so bad, I guess. No, this is. I actually would vote this one as the best one we've seen so far. Yeah, yeah I go with that. Yeah, I would agree with that as well. And, and Gav, you've like, been you've been watching along with us, right? Like you're yes. You're, 
Okay. You have the same context as we have. You didn't just jump in the middle here. No, mm. I've been watching every week okay. as well. Excellent. Following along well, like at home. The, uh... <laughs> <laughs> no, I like the... Uh, the bo- both the alien races look cool as hell. They do. You get these cool-looking sort of cobra people, and then, I don't know, yes. the other ones are forces basically... Of the, the forces of cobra. Right, exactly. <laughs> and against them are the G.I. Joe well, defending us all from them. You know, they were they were once men. They're not anymore, mm-hmm. but they, they once were men. Um... <laughs> And then you got the other guys who were based on some kind of weird-looking mammal, I don't know, badger people or ferret people. I don't know. What, what do they look like? They, they look like They're badger like. people from the mushroom planet, right. and they're against the snake. <laughs> right. Um, but, I mean, they look pretty good. The, the prosthetics were good. And, and Gav spotted something in the credits that, that we missed, which is um, one of the, the weird ferret people was, was uh, somebody that would pop up again later. Yes, he, mm-hmm. he's. I think he appears again in Next Generation, but then he plays Ducat in uh, Deep Space Nine. Not that right. you would recognize him or his voice at all. No, no. Which he has a very distinctive voice, so that's that's some good acting on his part because you know Ducat is very you know very distinctive, and he's got those crazy eyes and just yep, really great. So yeah, it was, it was strange seeing him buried under a bunch of ferret here, but uh, <laughs> he did good. I always knew I'd die this way, buried under ferret. <laughs> <clears throat> But no, it wasn't like I'm. Possession is one of those things. It's just, I mean, really pseudoscience in general. The the anything that goes in your brain and then you turn out okay at the end. I just, I'm not a fan of turning into stuff. No. Possession, like that that whole area of it might as well be magic. Just not really mm-hmm. for me. And so getting flushed out into space. Yeah, that that's. I mean, at the end, yeah, he's, it's Picard and this thing are together, and then they throw him out in space, and then he's fine again. Like. Yeah, because that's what happens if you get thrown out into space, in case you didn't know. For like an hour. Yeah. It was so, it was more than an hour, wasn't it? It may have been. I think it was a little over an hour. But it was, was it I, I just, I remember making a mental note that any obvious, you know, any human, even even Picard, would be dead by this point. Yeah. Yes. It's not like the 30 <laughs> seconds that it takes for a ship to pass in uh, Hitchhiker's Guide. Yes. I'm surprised Riker just didn't fly away on the Enterprise anyway. When, yeah, exactly. But as soon as he beamed over. Right, I'm, the, I'm the captain now. <laughs> so long, everybody. We're going to the, we're heading to the boob planet. Well, we'll get to that. <laughs> Will we ever get to that? <laughs> uh, but I, like I said in my summary, I really liked that the, that the diplomats were just kind of a subplot that really had nothing to do with anything. It's kind of a, you don't know what's going on. Maybe it's something to do with them and then it's not. Yeah, no, it's a really it's a really well done sort of red herring. Yeah, and and but, the thing is, the original Enterprise under Kirk, and then this ship as well, are, are all the time taking diplomats from here to there. That's just one of the things that they do, and yep. so it's cool to see this huge ship isn't all just about one mission. Like, there's a bunch of stuff going on at the same time, mm-hmm. and I think I, that's cool. I like that these these aliens despise each other, and one of them, um, they said, you know, they want wanted to be didn't want to be down too downwind from the, from the other aliens. And no, that, that, and that so... amazingly, no one corrected him. <laughs> of course, because there's wind, and you know, on sea deck, the, the wind is southwesterly. So you. Want to, uh... Well, that's why you always have like an ensign going out and tasting their finger to make sure they know which way the wind is blowing. <laughs> really, I just assume there's like a, a weather vane down there. Uh, it's coming in southwesterly. Yeah. Winds up to six nautical. I don't know, port for style. Mm-hmm. I, I, this is. I'm out of my depth here. I don't. Oh, I'm not going out today. Riker, turn winds on up, the weather up channel. To, winds up to warp three. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Um, I like there's a there's a scene that really doesn't have much to do with anything except this is where the whole possession thing starts. Where Worf and Geordi are sort of stationed somewhere where they're not usually. Like 
I like that Picard has the standing order to make the officers try different things. Like you go mm. go cross train on this. I don't want you to just know your job. I want you to know other jobs. That's a, that's I like that. And I like it's good thinking. And I like that the writers are trying to pair up different characters to see where the good dynamic is. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, eventually, got go ahead. Go ahead. No, it's, it'll wait. I, I was going to say eventually we figure out that you know Jordy and Data are an obvious match, but mm-hmm. to this point they just have to keep experimenting until they figure that out. Yes. Yeah, yeah new one uh, actually works well with Worf since he just despises no. everyone. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But that becomes clear, and and they write it into the character as they go. Mm-hmm. Where it's like, you know, Dorn's so good, that's just how he's playing it. And, you know, he's an outsider. He's, you know, nobody gets along with him. Even, no one really likes Worf. No, and even other Klingons we'll see in Deep Space Nine. He's just, mm-hmm. like, no, we have fun. I don't know what his problem is. Yeah, what a douche. I mean, sure, we're all about <laughs> honor and everything, but we like to get drunk, too. What's, what's, we do what's do other things, you guys. Yeah. Man. Just honor. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, I was surprised to learn that we do have a, a Klingon-centric episode coming up soon. I thought... All that happened later on, but uh, we got one in a few weeks, so that's that's good. I was actually surprised that uh, Worf's a junior officer. For some reason, I thought he was like part of the, not, you know part of the senior crew at the moment. But I'm pretty not. sure he's he's Tasha's assistant. Like I yeah. think Tasha's the the department head, and then Worf is like next in charge. I think he's lieutenant junior grade. Like that's between ensign and lieutenant. And I only know that because uh, they sold a, an action figure of him in his red uniform, <laughs> and it said Lieutenant JG. I don't actually know that from the show. His nice red uniform. Yes, exactly. <laughs> no one expects the Klingon Inquisition, Matt. <laughs> Their chief weapon is surprise. Surprise in Bethlehem. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, so, okay. Oh, I was just going to say at the beginning that they go, they're going to a planet called Parliament. Which ah, yeah. seems a bit weird. It seems a bit uh, Star Warsy. I think I, I saw yeah. that you had mentioned. Yeah, the, the, seems a bit Canadian say, there'll, government. <laughs> there will be sci-fi mentioning the Senate next. Yeah. Yes. Which, which I can't imagine will ever happen. No, oh, of course not. Time That's to not. nod off. <laughs> stop that. You no. have said on record many times that you like the politics of sci-fi. So shut up. I do. All right then. So shut up. I like we started talking about Lord of the Rings now. Come on. <laughs> so we got a we got our first, as far as I know, our first Indian officer. Uh, yes, the, one in a series of chief engineers who uh, who get killed off. Chief engineers so far on the show are like red shirts in the original series. Yeah, or drummers in Spinal Tap. Yeah, <laughs> which seems odd because they're in such a prominent position, and yet they just keep dying. Yep. Although I'm not surprised there's a, there's an Indian uh, engineer since you know. To, uh, IT systems joke. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know. Easy jokes, but still got, you know. I, I was As so my lazy wife to... is fond of saying, sometimes the uh, the barrel gets full of fish and you just have to shoot. Yes. <laughs> Bloody fish. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I kind of liked him, though. Like, I wouldn't have minded getting to know him better because um, he seemed to be okay at his job and he didn't really want Wesley hovering around there. No. Yeah, well, he's, he's the best I mean, one so far. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, he he was decent to Wesley, but it's not like, look, go away. Don't you have a place to be? Yeah, exactly. Like you're, I, I get that you're an acting ensign, but you're still a kid. Go go to school. Yeah. Get out of here. I'm sorry. Did you not hear that I'm the chief engineer? What are you again? <laughs> Nothing. Even if you were a proper engineer, I would still be your boss. It's it's like there's like an X factor down in the engineering of of uh, of different engineers and 
They're all crying out. Yeah, they're all all voted to be killed or not. (laughs) Oh, that's horrible. But probably true. No, yeah. and the thing is, you know, I'm not into the whole like, okay, we got to be politically correct. We got to have one of each. We got to be multicultural to the, you know, like not to the point of ridiculousness. However, if you're going to represent Earth, you know, something like a, a fifth of the planet is Indian. Maybe, maybe, maybe throw one in there at some point. Ever. Yeah, just you know, just in the back. Yeah, yeah, because it's oh, that yeah. and the Star Trek Four of the yeah. Indian person in in that for like five minutes, and that's mm. it. Oh right, a makeshift solar sail. That guy. <laughs> Whereas we've got a Russian all the time. Ugh. And uh, and and Rikers from Alaska, which is basically Russia. So you know. Yeah. See, he can see Alaska from his house. Oh, I wasn't gonna make that joke. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Although there's no one really from from. Is there any? Well, I suppose uh, I was gonna say mm-hmm. any Chinese people, but I can't really think of any right now. Oh well, Harry Kim. Is he Chinese? No, no I guess I Kim don't know. Is, I don't Kim know. Kim sounds Korean to me, so that, that's probably what he. I, I actually don't know. There's and no now, Canadians, I know that much. Uh, that's not true. I mean, they're all played by Canadians. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I honestly, be, I thought, no, no, I was going to say I thought somebody in the in the next gen crew was actually supposed to be Canadian. But now that I think of it, no, you're right. No, nope, no Canadians. Nope, we were annexed by America in like after the Third World War. Probably, but there's no French people either, so that works out. <laughs> yeah, well, it worked out really well for us. <laughs> yeah. Well, yes. Maybe that's linked to the whole French and Canadian thing not being around. Anymore. I could Fucking very well be. Finally. <laughs> so this episode, like I mentioned, did did have a bit of a campy feel to it. It did. Mm-hmm. It did kind of feel old school, but in in the right way, in a good way. Like the the data Sherlock Holmes thing. I, I I'm sort of on the record as too much camp. Eh. This is the right level for me. Data acting a little silly, but a serious story going on at the same time. That, I'm cool with that. Mm-hmm. I like that he was sort of putting on the, you know, the, the, the affected British voice. And he had the pipe. And mm-hmm. he was jumping to weird conclusions. I, I, that was fun. I you know, that. I enjoyed that. I like Data as, as, the, um, as the comic relief, as long as that's not all that he is. Yeah. Like, I'm okay with he gets, like, these sort of ideas in his head for, like, a week and acts kind of strange. I'm less interested when he gets stuck in a cha- or in a Chinese finger trap because that's for yes. some reason. Yeah, that was dumb. But the Sherlock, no, he definitely would have sort of passing obsessions. I mean, we know we know people like that. I mean, I, oh, totally. I get like that sometimes where I, I'm all about watching a TV show for a week and then I watch mm-hmm. it all and then, and, okay, this is the best thing ever and now I'm never going to think about it again. Yeah. <laughs> Well, now what am I moving on to? Yeah, exactly. And I could see, you know, an android being like that times ten. Oh, totally. But it's also nice that they're sort of planting the seeds because they'll come back to the, the data Sherlock Holmes thing later on, which is cool. Mm-hmm. No, that was that was a lot of fun, and you could definitely feel DC Fontana, you know, like, you definitely feel the better parts of, of the original series influence here, I think. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed that. But that said, the, the, the spatial anomaly that looked like some smoke... Like, that looked okay, but the, the whole concept of it being, I don't know, possessing people, and uh, not really my thing. Yeah. It, it looked okay from far away, but when they got to it, it just did look like they were, the Enterprise was on fire. <laughs> <laughs> it, but it, that, looked... it was probably, it was probably uh, Data with his pipe that set it on fire. <laughs> he set it down next to the curtains. Yeah. <laughs> he threw it out that airlock that they've had since the original series that just leads out into space, like, you yep. know. The vent in that in that guy's cr- in the quarters that just goes into space. Yes. <laughs> Data was simultaneously experimenting with smoking a pipe, reading a newspaper, and sleeping at the same time. <laughs> it did not go well for the Enterprise. No, not at all. And now Data has no more eyebrows. 
a trait that he will share with Guinan next year. So looking <laughs> forward to that. At least he doesn't share the hat. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Although it's big enough that he could. Also true. Um, I, I thought Patrick Stewart's acting was actually good. It's it's what is this week eight? I think mm-hmm. something like that. I don't know. We're we're not very far along, and we can already tell Picard's acting out of character, which is I think to Pe- to Patrick Stewart's credit. Yeah. The, 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 oh, there totally. Was a, there was a scene where um, Crusher and Riker were trying to get him to have a medical. Mm-hmm. Um, I just thought that was really good. His whole, yeah, and he turned it around his, on them. He's like, I think yeah. all you need to have a medical. Don't you go get a, have a medical? <laughs> What do you think of that? <laughs> yeah, I think it's duck season, and I'm the fucking captain. Go on. I think you should shoot Crusher. Go on. <laughs> shoot her now! Shoot her now! She's the fake one. Yeah. <laughs> you can tell because I'm acting so rational. No, it, but really, like, we, we don't know Picard that well yet. I mean, really, if we're watching, you know, trying to pretend that we've never seen the show before, mm-hmm. we don't actually know him that well, and, and we could totally tell. Something's going on here. He's not as stiff and inaccessible. He's, you know, he's leaning back, putting his feet up. What's, what's going on? Hopping around. And yeah. And not, not over the top. I love no. that he put his feet up and then he was like, I'm just so busy. Yeah, I'm too busy to deal with this. <laughs> just put my feet up here. <laughs> All this stuff going on. You know how it is for a captain. So busy. <laughs> busy. Um, but overall, I mean, this was this was a pretty good episode. I guess I guess I'd go with Matt's assessment that it's the best one so far. But mm-hmm. y- you know, to borrow the joke that I I steal all the time, valedictorian of summer school. I mean, that, yeah, you totally. Know, you get a gold <laughs> hey, medal not, at the Special Olympics. That doesn't we're mean not you did talking well. genius here. No, we're talking gene. <laughs> yes, yeah, we are. <laughs> and but, and again, this this is the first of three episodes, and and it seemed to happen a lot this this week, or maybe I'm just starting to notice it more. Where they just go on and on about how great the future is and how they've out evolved all the horrible things about the 20th century. Mm-hmm. Oh God, yes. And uh, you know they're talking about enslaving animals. What? Yeah, they're yeah. That's that's what happened animals. in mine. Yeah, where they're talking about the, the they were carnivorous and they needed to bring the the creatures that they eat, and yeah, just nuts. I don't buy for a second that they don't still like like farm animals in the future. I, I don't they know. Ta- they they talk about the fact that the replicators are shit. Well, that's true, yeah, and, and they talk about how when you go back home to wherever, the, the, I think the real just, food is better. I think they just use uh, animals like sheep to, to make wool, to make Wesley's ridiculous jumpers. <laughs> <laughs> Which I know, I um, that's the, the, the Britishism is jumper, and we call it a sweater, but I like sweater. that there are, but the, no, I'm not correcting you, I'm saying I like that there are several names for this awful thing that he's wearing. I, I want to embrace <laughs> that we can make fun of it from two sides of the ocean. Yep. Because <laughs> he does sea to shining look, sea. He does look, uh, to, <laughs> to, to borrow uh, an expression from you guys, like a twat. Yes, he does. <laughs> I, I, I wish they would change it in the Blu-ray, though. You know, <laughs> I'm sure they could. Yeah, and we've mentioned this before, and I'm going to mention it again. The, the visual effects, for the most part, in, in, in season one, we've actually been pretty impressed with. They're not, oh, no, they're quite good. And you figure, okay, late 80s, TV... Uh, science fiction kind of trying to overshoot its, you know, like what their budget, but no, they, for the most part did really well. Uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, it's, I would just maybe clean up some matte lines around a few things and change Wesley's sweaters. because <laughs> That's really what needs to be changed more than anything. Talking of clothes, what, what I, just the first time ever, I've just thought, why is Beverly wearing a cardigan? Uh, the, in, when she was off, you mean in her, in her off duty time? 
No, no, in in her normal time with her blue. Her, her jacket, cardigan, her, her blue jacket type cardigan type thing that she wears all the time. And well, she's got the the sort of medical jacket. That, yeah, that's her, that her medical. I just assumed of... she was cold because of the wind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she lives down on that deck where you have to be upwind of people. <laughs> now she keeps all her pills and stuff in there. I don't know. <laughs> oh, well, her Gav, you had mentioned pills. that she's on meth, so you, she's uh... yeah. Well, that's 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 what we synthometh. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't have any bad effects whatsoever. (laughs) Synthamphetamine. (laughs) Yeah. Breaking Bad Um, wouldn't be so good in the future. (laughs) Uh, Yes, actually it would. (laughs) I was just trying to picture that for a minute. Like, uh, you know, Walter White would totally outsmart Kirk, Picard, Cisco. Yeah. Mm. I would like to see Picard doing that, you know, having, saying, um, you know, being told he has cancer and then making meth. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, but who would who would be Jesse Pinkman? Wesley? Oh, yeah, Wesley Pinkman. I just, you know, I, I know you haven't seen the show, Matt, and I also don't want to spoil it for for any of our listeners who haven't. But in general, he's just he's the he's the young meth head, and he calls everyone bitch. Uh, just I can't picture Wesley doing anything like that. Eh, bitch. <laughs> Put down the gun, bitch. Yeah, I just I can't I can't picture that at all. No, no, <laughs> no. All right, um, but yeah, overall, not not a bad episode. Um, no, it had you know typical season one problems, but overall, it, uh, it it tried. Yeah, I quite enjoyed it. Yeah, although although Troy was pretty useless again. I Troy is well, as far as I there. can tell, and seriously, I'm not even just saying this for comedic effect. She has added absolutely nothing. Like she she notices things that happen after we all notice. Yeah, and she never like she's never once used her powers to help. No, I mean the whole, the possession thing. She sensed duality in the people who were possessed, uh, but apparently yeah. she senses duality in everyone. Oh, yeah. so it's got a long story short. You don't sense anything. Which you know, okay, I, that that was kind of a cool idea. That yeah, humans are always of two minds, and they're you know they're talking to themselves and blah blah blah. But yeah, if really, then you can't notice the difference between someone who is possessed by an alien mind and someone who's talking to themselves. Yeah, then shouldn't there be four minds in there? Come yeah. On. <laughs> hey, come uh, into my mind. It's quite a party. <laughs> or at least, or at least three minds in a movie. <laughs> All right. Anything more about this one, or just the end of it when Tasha comes to say she's found alien blood, so that mm-hmm. so it's quite obvious that someone's been killed and. Mm-hmm. Uh, Riker's just uh, hey, slow down there. Picard's <laughs> back. Shouldn't you say hi to him? Yeah, uh, sorry. There's sorry. people killing each other. But... <laughs> yeah, let's let's all make, make chit chat with Picard. Yeah. Oh, hi, Captain. Yeah, good to have you back. Oh, four more people died while I said that. By the way, you look you look good for someone who's just been out in the vacuum of space. <laughs> well, uh, something something the transporter mumble mumble. Yeah, yeah right. Whatever. <laughs> oh, my kids thought. <laughs> All right. Power of myth. Uh, Matt, any, anything else? No. Nah, I think we right. can move on. Uh, so, uh, my good thing for this episode, all right, I'll, I'll say it. Troy's cleavage. Mm-hmm. This was the first time where the, it was kind of cut low and the camera kind of dipped down. And I'm not proud of myself for just staring at her chest. But damn it, if she's not going to do anything useful, then well, that's all she's good for. Yep. I don't want her to only be good for that, but that, that's it. Um, and, uh, my bad thing is, well, this is the first of many stupid possession episodes, which, as I said, I'm not a fan of. Mm-hmm. Matt? Yeah, my good thing is, um, 
I like this episode a lot, like I said, but my uh, my favorite thing has to be uh, Data's little fascination with Sherlock Holmes. It's it's quite adorable. It wasn't, it never really overtook the story. It was always no. sort of what he was doing while everything else was going on. Just, this is what I'm into this week. I have mm-hmm. a pipe, which I'm going to smoke. I'm talking in a city voice. <laughs> and my bad thing was, there are some dumb fucking props in this episode. Uh, specifically, Crusher has a stupid medical hat with a little thing on <laughs> that it that flips open me. and close. I agree, that is stupid. You, you guys both seem to hate that. I just thought it looked like something a doctor would wear, but alright. And Troy has a magic hypnosis box. Oh yeah, <laughs> because apparently hypno Because apparently hypnosis is still a valid thing in the future. Yeah, presumably they're also doing magnet therapy and like, uh, there's chiropractors and just all kinds of crazy, wacky Troy's got all these, like, crystals that you can rub yeah. on yourself to find <laughs> to get rid of all the, uh, all the, the bad toxins. toxins. Yeah. There's, there's aromatherapy as well. And... Oh, Lord. You don't, yeah, you don't want to be downwind caused... of aromatherapy, though. No, the aromatherapy's caused by Data's pipe. Oh, right. Uh, Gav, what about you? Uh, my my uh, good thing is that they finally got around to having an Indian in Starfleet, which I thought was quite good. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the bad thing is, oh, he's dead. <laughs> and they made, they really made a point of having him like his corpse splayed out. Yep. And they shot it from an angle where like he was almost like five year old dead, where mm-hmm. like his eyes were closed and his tongue was sticking out, like I'm dead. Blah, you know, like almost comically dead. I like I'm a, the, I'm a zombie. Blah. Yeah. <laughs> I like when uh, Picard's possessed. He makes a point of going, "Oh, and I feel really bad about how I killed." Uh, Chief Engineer Singh, and everyone's just like, nah, it's fine, we didn't care about him anyway. Yeah, don't hurt the captain, but uh, don't care about Singh. Yeah. Yeah, uh, and my quote, well, I mean, it's pretty obvious. There's a there's a bit where Picard's first reacting to Data <laughs> with the Holmes thing, and he's just like, uh, no. Data, let's proceed without the pipe. Yes, sir, if you wish, sir. So that was that was fun. All right, Gav, so you asked for this. Oh, no, it's not you yet, is it? No, it is you. Okay. No, it, it is, is me. Okay, right. Yes, it's you asked for it. It's always me. <laughs> it's time to tell us about justice. Ah, uh, justice. Uh, <laughs> the Enterprise arrives at a porn planet with ultra-right-wing justice. Riker's prayers have finally been answered. He'll be praying for a beard next. They go on shore leave because when does that ever go wrong? While the adults um play, Wesley goes off with the children. Well, I say children. One of them is at least 38. The children want to play ball, and Wesley is disappointed to discover that they don't have double entendres on this planet. <laughs> to show his disgust, he destroys their favorite greenhouse, which he admits, as he doesn't lie, just destroys property. <laughs> Unfortunately for him, this is the only square meter on the planet that has surveillance as everyone else is fornicating. <laughs> Meanwhile, in space, there's another alien pretending to be God. It must be similar to those adopt-a-wild-animal schemes. Anyway, this alien seems to be a spaceship, so that's what God needs with a spaceship. (laughs) The alien says not to interfere with his children. I guess this means leaving Wesley to die. But for some reason, the Enterprise crew don't have that as an option. There is some discussion on this subject, with one of the porn women going getting off on capital punishment and whether Riker should be allowed to make, to make sure leave destination choices. <laughs> to cut a long story short, too late, too fucking late, believe me. Uh, so they grab Wesley anyway, and before anyone should say, should we even have been on the planet anyway, given that they have no space travel, they walk away. Uh, or in haiku form. Oh, nice, going with the poetry again, excellent. 
don't go on shore leave. Inappropriate touching. Did I mention God? <laughs> I, I've also done a limerick. Oh, because okay. why not? Yeah. A, a a boy genius who feels our scorn did visit a planet of porn. It didn't help with that sweater. Did he really have no better? Oh, I wish how he was never born. That fucking fantastic, as yep. always. And that's and that's it. Uh, I haven't done a musical or anything. <laughs> well, you know, you're coming back for season two, so. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how you're going to top this. <laughs> I said we said that last time when he did the entire rhyming thing about. Uh, yep. Turnabout intruder, so you know he's he showed us. Yeah, he's also staked his claim on season two, so he's got you know a few months to work on it. And I'll be back. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, this this was not good. This was a real piece of shit. <laughs> yeah, 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 it was. So <laughs> the battle. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! Oh no! There are there there are things. There are things the people need to know about. Uh huh. We can't just put an orange cone in front of this and say avoid. We need to. We need to put up signs that say why you must avoid this at all times. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't watch this thing twice just to not talk about it. Yeah, and it's, it's telling that uh, we've we've moved the way we do this now is we um, watch the episodes right before we record, so it's fresh in our minds, and you know, so we get our energy up and we get our rapport and all that. But. Um, Typically, we'll discuss what's going on on the screen, and we'll, we'll, we'll wander off the topic a bit. We'll get a little, you know, oh, well, this this happened in this, or I read this. During Justice, I think we maybe acknowledged two or three things on the screen, and we just yeah. talked about Batman about for Doctor an hour. Doctor Who and Batman. Yeah. <laughs> Which, listen, you know, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll ball busting aside, Gavin Matt are two of my best friends, and I enjoy their company, but uh, we were here to watch Justice, and uh, <laughs> now we're here to talk about it. So, fun time's over, guys. What I will say is, basically, we've had Cowboy Planet, um, Gangster Planet, uh, and this series was uh, Africa Planet, mm. and now they just decided to have Porn Planet. What's, uh, what's yep. that about? But it's like, it's a very specific kind of softcore 80s porn, yeah. where yep. everyone is blonde. Everyone's very greased up blonde. And... Yeah. Yeah, they, like, they seem... actually a scene where some naked dude is having grease applied to him. Oh, God. Yes. And Yes, kids, all 80s porn looks like this. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, you know, weep for those of us who, who came of uh, sexual age in the 80s, and this was all that was available to us. Oh, dear. Yeah, this, this is not good. No, there, there was, um, when, when they first beamed down and, and everyone's sort of touching and feeling and hugging, and mm -hmm. uh, they all sort of rush over to Troy, and I'm just thinking, they must be thinking, ooh, a brunette. Because everyone <laughs> is blonde and blue, and it's like the planet of the Aryan porn. I mean, I gotta say, if I saw her, I'd run over to Troy for a hug, too. Well, yeah, but, you know, Tasha Yar was there, and she's, you know, as we've said, nothing to sneeze at, but... Uh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> although she, hers, she had that... Old wharf. She had that terrible, terrible line uh, where they have sex at the drop of a hat, and then because the writer felt that there needed to be some extra punctuation there, Tasha said, any hat. What? Now, that doesn't make any sense, but it clearly especially means when, that Tasha's there for sex. Yeah, especially when you go to the planet and there are no hats. Yeah, nobody <laughs> appears to be wearing a hat of any kind. They're wearing bed sheets that basically just cover their nethers and that's it. Mm -hmm. I'm sure a few of them have something to hang a hat on, but they haven't actually <laughs> got any hats yet. Yeah. Also, it's this is yet another one of those awful uh, parallel development. Like, these aren't humans. No. This is a planet that just happened to evolve to look exactly like humans and that are sexually compatible with humans, and uh, I hate that. Yeah. The thing is, I understand it costs money to make 
crazy cobra aliens, and you can't do that every week. Why don't you just say this is a colony or a lost some? You know, like it's easy enough to connect them to humans, but make, making us week after week believe that humans are just everywhere just kind of it, bugs me. It's not hard to figure out a way to have a remote planet where all the humans on it decide to get naked and fuck. It's yeah. <laughs> I, I can personally. I think one more sentence and you're there. That pretty easy. <laughs> yeah, I I do think uh, Frakes uh, really played Riker exactly the way we know Riker would be here. Yep. Which is until things start to go wrong, he's just like, this place is pretty great. <laughs> he's smiling. He's kind of, hey, I'll check you out later. Like, <laughs> when, when I retire, I'm going to build a cottage here. <laughs> <laughs> if I ever get time to pick up a hammer. <laughs> or a hat. Yeah. <laughs> Any hat. <laughs> no, I just, I, 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 and it wasn't over the top. It was just enough. Like, he's kind of ridiculous, but he's ridiculous in the way that we've all known a guy like that. Yes. He's just very horny and very open about it. And I kind of like that about Riker. He, he's just, he's a fun guy, you know? Yeah. He's, he's really the guy you want to hang out with on the Enterprise. Like, yeah. He'll, you know, he'll show you a good time and not in that <laughs> Kirk way where he'll take you to a stripper planet and then leave you to get accused of murder. Yes. <laughs> he'll help you out if that happens. Yeah. No, this was this was obviously Riker's like ideal place until you mm. know until things went wrong. Well, there's always Riza. Uh, th- yeah, and th- and that kind of brings me to the point that I wanted to make, which is I don't think Star Trek pulls off sexy very well. It keeps trying. Mm-hmm. I mean, you have naturally, you know, attractive people. You have naturally charismatic people. That that's fine. People that are just sexy in and of themselves. But when Star Trek goes out of its way to say this place is sexy, these people are sexy. It's like a 10-year-old who's read about sex once trying to explain it to you and doing it poorly. Mm. No, everyone everyone is mostly naked, and, and they run everywhere, and <laughs> they like to hug and play. Yeah, okay. It's just so, like, not at all realistic. or Yeah. Ugh, not good. Not, not good. I and, don't and believe I, in any pleasure planet where people run everywhere. I know that. I, <laughs> well, yeah, the thing what, is, uh, I think What's pleasurable up. about that? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but I think Risa fell. Did they also you know, enjoy throwing up and passing out? <laughs> <laughs> I, I think Risa fell into the same category, which is they tried to make it look like it was a crazy sex planet, and just didn't. Yeah. It looked like they went to a softcore porn shoot. Yep, <laughs> not good. So apparently, they have these traveling justice zones where typically, you know, you can do whatever you want anywhere you want, and then every now and then, this little spotlight lights up on one area, and if you commit a crime there, you die. Um, Which, oh yeah, that makes tons of sense. Well, it doesn't, but okay. I guess this is, is this social commentary? I don't even know. Uh, or is this just, somebody thought it was a good idea? Stupid. Well, yes, it does. It's like, well, how does this prevent laws exactly? I mean, like, if it's a, if there's a certain place on the planet where you will get executed for doing a crime and you don't know where it is, I kind of understand that but if you clearly mark the one area where no crimes are allowed to be committed you should be having regular problems no but they didn't that's the thing is this area changes all the time right but it still has like a big white fence around it no 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 the white fence is completely unrelated really the white fence is what is what marked where wesley shouldn't have been and the crime that he committed but the justice zone just happens to move around the planet oh the white fence is in no way related to where you know where laws are enforced wow i thought that, that for like 20 years no that was the law that he broke was crossing that fence and breaking their greenhouse but it had nothing to do with you know that's where the justice zone was or whatever they called it 
Oh. Well, that's. I it still for me. think you would get people committing crimes. Yeah, because yes, because I mean, it, it's a gamble. People yeah, exactly. Gonna, people are going to do it. Yeah, yeah, but they also think you know. Well, I I don't know. On the other hand, I can have sex whenever I want, and if I commit a crime, I'm going to die. That's a pretty good deterrent. Dude, don't fucking tell the Frankie about this planet. They're going to run this place in like half a week. Yeah, that's probably true. <laughs> and not even a good Ferengi. Well, come on now. We <laughs> don't know any good Ferengi ones. yet. <laughs> So one of the crouching ones with a laser whip? Yes, all the of crouching them? laser whip Ferengi's going to show up and just be running the place. And then when Starfleet shows up, he's going to be like, it was their idea. I didn't know. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm just a humble gold taster. I don't know anything. <laughs> it was this guy's idea. Look, he's not wearing a shirt. <laughs> <laughs> I, actually, the, the bit about the, the god, like the advanced thing in space, I like that. And, and Gev pointed out correctly. That, okay, we've done this a million times, mm. and I, it's probably one of Gene Roddenberry's things. Yep. But I, I like it when it's done well. Like, I, I like it's one of those science fiction tropes that I don't mind. And I thought the thing looked cool. It was sort of a ship structure that you only saw bits of. Yeah. And it sort of existed in our plane of reality, but it didn't. And I, I, that part of it I didn't mind. No, it, it was a really cool-looking ship. Yeah. I just and, Yeah, I just get fit. It's just... I mean, it's another god alien talking no, about and its I, children. And no, it's just I, I like, get you. But, well, here's the thing about your children. They they found the porn under your bed. <laughs> and they based their entire society on it. Yeah, it's it's like it's like the planet that built itself around the gangster book. Yes. You pick up a book and they, they got an issue of Penthouse from 1988. Yeah. <laughs> and their entire society is based around that now. And not the articles. Right. Oh, no, that's <laughs> well, why I said penthouse. That's, there the, are that's the other half of the planet. Oh, there's right. like there's like an entire half of the planet that's just in like high class interviews and cartoons. It's, it's <laughs> interviews with Norman Mailer. Yes. <laughs> Cigarette ads. We haven't even reached the island of the bunnies. <laughs> See the and, and the thing is, I don't know. I just I, I liked the God thing, but I will totally admit that's a that's a cliche. That's mm-hmm. something they did way too much. It, it I guess for Gav, that seems like your uh, what what the possession episodes are to me, where I just uh, enough. Yeah, pretty much. I'm sure there's more of more of these god aliens in start and in the next generation. Oh, absolutely. I, there's one that I can think of, which is actually the devil. But in fairness, that was recycled from Star Trek Phase Two, so that doesn't entirely count. Oh, the oh the devil's Jew one. Yeah, I don't mind that because it's a bit different. It's yeah, that's not, true. It's not, uh, yeah, it's, it's it's played a bit differently. So yeah, it ends with uh, Data challenging him to a fiddle contest. <laughs> no, the, the, the devil is a she, because obviously. Oh, well, of course. Because it, it was written for Kirk, so of course she is. <laughs> um, I, this is the episode that really made me realize, okay, first of all, Beverly's a terrible doctor. Mm-hmm. She hasn't fixed anyone or helped anyone yet. Uh, but now we get her primary which is very unfortunate, her primary function, which is to be Wesley's hysterical mother. Mm -hmm. Wesley's in trouble. It's time to run around flailing and screaming and making the captain break the prime directive to rescue her kid. And it's just like, shut up, lady. Yeah. I get that you love your kid. I get that parents are attached to their kids. That's not the problem. I don't understand it, but... No, 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 no. (laughs) That that I have no problem with. If it's written well, like uh, Cisco's attachment to Jake, I always bought. Mm -hmm. That was cool. I liked that. That was a good relationship that I completely bought. Here, it's just like, that's her entire job to be a mom and nothing else, and I just, uh, I have a really hard time with it. 
what else? Oh, I do like uh, that the... uh, when uh, when they come back to the ship, finding finding out that Wesley's going to be executed. Crusher runs up to Picard and is all like, "What are we going to do about my son?" Is like, "Doctor, please, I have more important things to talk about right now than your stupid son. Excuse me." <laughs> this can wait I, like twenty minutes. I'm talking to this hot woman here. <laughs> I'm going to show her God. Yeah. <laughs> and it's not a euphemism. Did I blow your mind? <laughs> there was there was uh, a couple of things that uh, Worf said were a bit weird. Um, he didn't understand bragging, for one. Yeah, and, that doesn't seem right. Which I don't seem like they're all about that. That's all they do. Yeah, and there was yeah. another bit Riker says to him about when in Rome, and Worf says, Rome, sir? He, Sorry, yeah, weren't you raised on Earth? Shouldn't you in, know where Rome is? I mean, okay, That's in the, Russia, but... Yeah, but, I mean, Rome is one of our, you know, maybe top three historical great cities. Mm-hmm. You'd think he would at least know that. I mean, you know, it's Rome, London, and, uh, I don't know, Seattle. <laughs> <laughs> now, it seems um, like Worf's role at the moment is to be the guy who just, like, I don't understand human culture. Do yeah, we're, and really, I think Data slides more into that later, which yeah. makes more sense to me. Well, uh, the, they haven't established that Worf is from Earth yet. I, it must be in the in the series Bible. All that all that backstory stuff is usually spelled out before they start. Mm. I mean, it's possible it wasn't, but I always thought it was like he was a he was a Klingon raised by humans was there from day one. But maybe not. I don't know. Is there anything else? Because really, I mean, it's just bad. It's, yeah, it's, it's bad, bad and it's stupid, and everyone it's has, painful. Everyone has really obvious like fucking. Crotch hair. <laughs> Wasn't that obvious? But uh, it's pretty obvious. All right. a plague of camel toes going on. Well, there was that. Right. Yes, I was just going to say the uh, that there was a bit with uh, Geordi where Picard says to him about the alien spaceship. However, <laughs> uh, Geordi, have a real look. Yeah. And then he should have said, <laughs> "There was a bit of pause," and he should have said, "Oh, I'm sorry, you can't." Everyone, let's laugh at Jordy. <laughs> Take a look, Jordy. It's in a book, Reading Rainbow. And then Data's pretending to laugh, and, and uh, Picard says, Don't laugh. You can't laugh. <laughs> nice. I don't know. I kind of like that Picard should be a bully. Yeah, Picard's a jerk. That's, uh, <laughs> let's run with that. Uh, there was the, the only other note that I had was um, when they first come back from the planet from scouting it out. First of all, they, they, they learned basics about this culture, but for some reason it didn't occur to them to learn about this whole traveling justice death penalty thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which seems like a detail that might be in the pamphlet, I don't know. But something I noticed, and I don't know if it was intentional or if I was just reading into it, it really looked like when Tasha came back that she had bedhead. Like, <laughs> she'd already <laughs> gone to bed with somebody. Yep. Uh, Tasha, we gotta go back to the Enterprise. Oh, uh, shit. I don't have time to fix my hair. <laughs> okay, off we go. Well, so. you know, uh, that was after her uh, sex with Data, so obviously he's a gateway drug and she's just having threesomes and everything now. Yeah, she's down on the planet. This never happened. This never happened. Attention, planet. This never happened. <laughs> uh, any, there, else? There, there's a couple of things I was going to say just about Wesley. It just looked like he blatantly jumped into the greenhouse. Yeah, yep. that was just bad editing. Like he, just they, hates he looked like he was on course to crash into it, and then they cut to a shot of Will Wheaton just going "wee" and smashing into it. And then he gets up out of it, and the first thing he says, he doesn't even apologize. The first thing he said, "Hey, it's okay, guys. I'm fine." 
Yeah, like they've met you for an hour and yeah. their greenhouse. They've known their entire <laughs> lives. It's their precious greenhouse. Yeah, God, you've space destroyed God put it. That there. Yeah, that's not cool. But they don't lie, though. Yeah. Well, this is true. They're from and then the people, And then the uh, lawgivers or whatever, they come over and they've got a, like a death syringe to give them. Uh-huh. Which one of them keeps pretty much next to his crotch. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's not a good idea. No, especially on have, especially on that planet. They don't have any visible um, undergarments. They're just uh, they, so it's a, a needle just right next to his junk with yep. a very thin layer of uh, cloth between him and death. <laughs> the leading causes of death on this planet are self-inflicted crotch injections <laughs> and crashing <laughs> into greenhouses <laughs> and sexually transmitted disease. Well, well of course, that, yes. Which Riker has given them. Wait, so if you d- if you could die crashing into a greenhouse, then isn't the death penalty sort of redundant? You would think so, yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, any any further points? Uh, no. Stay away from this episode. It's not a bucket episode. I didn't didn't feel the need to, to take the bucket out, but it was close. It's just dumb. Yeah, it was just like, oh, really? This this felt dumb for the original series. That was a note that I had mm. here. Uh, okay, so my good thing was the the actual visual of, of the god ship. It actually, I thought it looked quite cool. Uh, and for my bad thing, I, I just appear to have written, Argh! I don't know that that's, that's specific enough, but there you go. Matt? All right, my good thing is, uh, well, this episode did have some very attractive women wearing very little. Wait, they weren't actually that attractive. I know. That's what passed for attractive in 1987. Yeah. Even at the time, we knew better. Uh, and the bad thing was the complete lack of any kind of resolution whatsoever. They're just like, oh, well, you want to kill this kid. We don't want you to, so bye. Yeah. Once again, our yeah. awesome our awesome society trumps your stupid society. And and, and I pointed this out that um, <laughs> any, any culture based around, you know, Kirk as a precedent, a hundred years later, the law is just written to say, uh, and when you get sick of a planet, just, just leave. Mm-hmm. Whatever. Just leave behind whatever your problem is and go away. It'll never, it'll never it'll be It'll be no again. trouble at all. Right. <laughs> it actually says that in the law. Yes. Uh, they, call it, they call that the Scotty Act. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my good thing is uh, there's a, a conversation between Picard and Data um, where Picard says to him, don't babble. And oh, then, yeah, that was and then, nice. and then Data just doesn't know what when not to say anything then. So that, that conversation was quite good. Mm. And it felt a bit passive-aggressive, like, oh, sorry, was I babbling? I don't want to give you any vital information if it's babbling. <laughs> uh, and my bad thing was just another god alien, really. Yeah, it, it is. It is of course. All right, you got a quote? My quote was... Uh, my quote was, uh, there was a great line that uh, Picard said. Uh, it was basically just about whenever they see the, the, the alien and everyone's calling it a thing and stuff like that. Why has everything become a something or a whatever? Yeah, I like that. And that felt a little meta. It felt like the, the writers, like, really? Is that just this again, huh? So that was nice. All right. Pressing forward. Hey, Matt, we got more Ferengi and uh, you, you get to... You get to tell us about that. Oh, hooray. Hooray, Ferengi. <laughs> All right. Our greatest nemesis ever. 
All right, so the Enterprise has been tasked to mate with a Ferengi ship of some description, but upon arriving, they get put on hold for three days. Having nothing better to do on the Federation's flagship, they hang around and Data practices throwing pencils at the ceiling. Picard, meanwhile, is, practiced, er, is suffering from headaches and general uneasiness and goes to Dr. Crusher, who is, of course, no help whatsoever because I need to be proven wrong about the, one, about the women I have crushes on. Finally, the Enterprise is contacted by the Ferengi's daemon, Bok. Bok is, is sycophantic even for a Ferengi, and he seems to know far too much about Picard. And he comes bearing gifts. Picard's old command, the Stargazer, a ship lost when Picard was forced to fire upon a mysterious alien craft. A gift, huh? From a Ferengi? Nothing suspicious there. Enterprise begins to tone the ship back to Earth, I guess. And the Ferengi ship accompanies them because aren't we all just such good friends now? Picard explores the Stargazer and also brings back some of his old stuff. Rock posters, old journals in which he wrote <laughs> mash notes to uh, famous archaeologists. <laughs> His headaches continue to get worse, his, continued to t his condition deteriorates, and finally, while on the Stargazer, Picard becomes over overcome by a magic-glowing Ferengi Tron beach ball and believes himself to be back in command of the, of the Stargazer. Bok contacts him, telling Picard that the ship that he destroyed on the Stargazer was Ferengi and that Picard killed his son. <clears throat> now, Picard, now Picard believes that the, that the Enterprise is a mysterious ship and attempts to destroy it. Luckily, Riker convinces Picard to destroy the Ferengi beach ball in instead, using the ancient tradition of telling a mind-controlled person to believe in themselves and remember who they are. <laughs> the Enterprise is saved, and Bok is arrested for traits unbecoming of a Ferengi, like not getting paid for selling a really sweet starship. <laughs> okay, the, the first thing that really jumped out at me in this was, once again, we're, we're uh, superior in the future. Everything's better. We don't know. What's a headache? You've got a headache? What is that? I read I, about that in an ancient journal. In an once, ancient but... Earth headache book. Yeah, really. Fucking, come on, Gene. Shut up. Yeah, just, ugh. <laughs> Headaches still exist, goddammit. You're it. the worst. You're the worst. Ugh. Yeah. I, or it could just be more, you know, fuel for my Beverly is a terrible doctor fire, which is, she doesn't know what a headache is. A what ache? Your head? Yeah, she's like, she's like Zoidberg. <laughs> a, a headache? A, a head what? <laughs> well, I what guess, well, I guess it's time what, to what? amputate. <laughs> yeah, I do like, and I pointed this out last time. Okay, the Ferengi, not a good villain, but they know it already. Mm -hmm. And like last time, it's kind of like you can hear it in Picard's voice in the opening uh, Captain's Log. Ugh, I gotta meet with these guys again. Well, here comes this guy again. Yeah, they just, they're not, they're not happy. Mm. They don't like these guys any more than we do. And, you know, while that doesn't make the episode any more enjoyable, at least they're reacting realistically. Mm. Now, I do like I, Bach as a villain. Yeah, that actor was pretty yeah. good. He had a good presence. He, has a very, he had a very unique voice, which I like. Ah, Captain Picard, I have your old command from the battle. And I feel like uh, the the earliest Ferengi, like from the last outpost, and now this one, uh, probably were the models for Quark and and uh, Rom yes. and so forth. You know, like they probably used those to, to kind of use what a Ferengi sounds like. Yeah. So. But um, no, I like he's got a good motivation for hating Picard. He's not a typical Ferengi, even though we sort of don't know what that quite is yet. It is, but I I do I feel like his plan is so incredibly elaborate. It's like a Batman. Oh, well, that's villain. certainly like, okay. true. <laughs> First, we tow your ship back to you. Then you, we hypnotize you into thinking you're still in command of it. Then we, yeah. It'd be really like, easier just then, to strangle it. Then we get the women. Then we get the money. <laughs> Wait, no. The sugar's in here somewhere. Like, is that a Simpsons episode? <laughs> I, I don't remember. 
cut out all the sugar the wi- and the women. Just leave us the money and the British guy. <laughs> In fact, forget them. I just leave the blackjack. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, that can't be right. Um, I, I, did I, like, I do. Okay. Uh, just, I did. I did like that the Ferengi ships. Um, you know, when you see them on the on the view screen, it's just white behind them. Yeah. It's just they couldn't even be bothered to build sets. But it's just like, it's, they're quite sparse. It's just like, Ferengi have obviously sold everything to me. <laughs> <laughs> he sold yeah, everything just... to afford the Stargate. See, I, I, like see, the idea, a... I like the idea that they pulled down a curtain because they don't want Picard <laughs> to see how messy the ship is. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's, there's, uh, there's, there's possible gold everywhere. The gold taster is like licking things that are yellow. I... Like, is this gold? No. What about this? No, this might be gold. I'll put this in the pile here. This might be gold. That's a banana. Well, I thought put it this? in the maybe pile. No, that's not gold. It is gold. You rubbish. <laughs> Just like Troy. <laughs> oh, You're the worst God. gold taster I've ever had. I'm putting you back on laser whip detail. No! <laughs> I don't even know how to crouch dance anymore. Well, you better learn. I like this. This is where we get the official definition of what the Picard maneuver is, which, as Gav pointed out, is kind of it's crap. just rubbish. Yeah, <laughs> which is the ship goes to warp very quickly and then stops. So for a brief second, it looks like there's two of them in front of you, and you don't know what to fire at. There are but two. you got a fifty percent chance of hitting it. Yeah. So yeah, oh, and no. and it's pretty obvious that the one that's just appeared in front of you is the ship. Yeah, that makes the most sense to me. Yes. Also, you know, in in behind the scenes and fan circles and so forth, the Picard maneuver actually refers to that thing that Picard does when he stands up and pulls his shirt down. Yeah. Effectively pulling a wedgie out of a space suit. Yeah. Yes. Everyone does it now. Yeah, that's the Picard maneuver. Mm-hmm. I think it's even identified in like the encyclopedia. Like I think, you know, the production people knew what it was yes. after a while. Which is nice. I like the Stargazer. I like the look of the ship. It's a nice I like... design. And it looks like something between Kirk's Enterprise and this one. Like it looks like something that would have been built in the intervening years between the original series and now. Yeah, I did like that the, the screens in it were from the like movies and things, mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. you know it does have that sort of feel. Yeah, but it it still felt a little more advanced than you know, yeah. like yeah. the Enterprise A even. And, but, yeah, it, and everything is clearly labeled like the Bat Cave. <laughs> Where am I sitting? Oh, right, it says Helm right in front of me. Good, that well, solves a good. lot of problems. <laughs> it says your chair. Okay. <laughs> Food goes in here. I'll take that. <laughs> <laughs> It was apparently it was, apparently okay. it was uh, originally called the. It was originally going to be a Constitution class ship, mm-hmm. um, but then they changed it. But it was, it was after filming, so and they'd already said you know Constitution, so they had to change it to Constellation because that's kind of similar, so it yeah. could read up. Yeah, no, I don't I, know I, why they I, changed it. But mm-hmm. I think it would have been cool to see something that looked like the old Enterprise there, but on the other hand, we just did the Naked Now, and it's probably good that we distance ourselves a bit. See, I feel like showing like an old like uh, Constitution-class ship would be a good tie to the original series without actually referencing an episode. It's just like, this is our history, rather than like, this is a specific Well, that would have been episode. cool. That would have been cool, but it would have been cool, I think, in maybe season two or three. Mm-hmm. Series. I really think, I feel like the writers were like, okay, that was a misstep. We need to just back away from the original series for a while. If they'd used other ships in the original series, you know, other than... Oh, like a Reliant the, one or something? 
Yeah, if they used it, that would have been good. Yeah. I, well, I mean, should have done that, actually. Yeah. We've seen the Excelsior pop up from time to time already, mostly because that's a great model and they just like to use it a lot. Well, yes. But uh, we've, we've seen the Enterprise uh, rendezvous with one of them at least once, I think twice already. So, uh, I feel that. <laughs> I, I was going to say it feels like uh, encountering an, uh, Picard's old ship being an Excelsior class would be a step down, but I mean, like, the galaxies are really nice. Well, yeah. And flat. That's, yeah. No, I, 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 like, I like the Enterprise. Um, and then, of course, Wesley saves the day more or less uh-huh. again. Because, uh, like you do. Now, you were telling us something about the Wesley Save well, this, the Day thing that I think is This is uh, uh, our pal Brian, who's been on the show before, and he'll be on again. Um, and i I got to find a source for this, because I'm, I'm sure he wouldn't just make this up, but I, I don't actually have anything in front of me that, that verifies this, but I have no reason to doubt it. Said that um, they had originally commissioned three different scripts for Wesley Saves the Day. They wanted to do one sort of definitive, okay, this is genius, Kitty Saves the Day. And so they had all three scripts, and they were going to pick, and then there was a writer's strike. And this, this writer's strike, we will see evidence of later because they have to recycle scripts from uh, the, the aborted uh, phase two. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think season two, there's that uh, awful alien rape comet episode. Oh, yes, the rape comet from the rape planet. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> By a rape game. Maybe that's what happened. The, the rape planet blew up and then the, the rape, <laughs> and then the rape comet, comet came... Yeah, and crashed into uh, Troy's vagina and knocked her off. <laughs> and and <laughs> Tasha loses all her power if she comes into contact with rape tonight. <laughs> but not red raped well no that just turns her into a giant raped bug right That's, that just turns her into an oil slip <laughs> <laughs> we'll get there um, but but what Brian said was because there was a, a writer strike they had to use everything they had and so uh, they ended up having to have Wesley save the day like three times and I actually don't think this counts because he contributed but he didn't single handedly save everything he just he made this horrible logical leap. Yeah, and was incredibly someone more qualified. And was incredibly smarmy about it, as I will get to. Yeah, he was. Ugh. It just it was not good. Um, but it, it, good? it did help that the that the crew were particularly rubbish in this one. No, that is definitely that, true. Yeah, that, and that, that they couldn't spot that the that the two brain patterns were the same. That and and I don't know. I mean. Like I said, the, the, the Damon Box uh, plan was so elaborate, and it basically depended on the Enterprise crew being idiots. If yes. anyone at any point had noticed something was going weird, they might have stopped this. Mm-hmm. But the only way it could all come together was for everyone to be idiots. I'm actually... Well, the fact that his headaches got worse when the Stargazer came towards them, you know, yeah. that should have been a massive clue. Mm-hmm. One but would think. Apparently not. They but again, they don't know what a headache is. like, so. no... Yeah. No, it can't be that. The Ferengi are nice now. They gave us a <laughs> ship. Why would... Even though Once we've never seen... I blew them seen... up, and I feel a little guilty about that, so... <laughs> even though we've had There's, no um... proof whatsoever that they occasionally give gifts, I should just accept this. Well, especially since they were very clear that they operate mostly in profit. Mm-hmm. I have no reason to believe they wouldn't now suddenly give me a gift, right? Right. Yeah. There's no flaws um, in this episode at all. No. No, not at all. Um, there's actually a, a book that I had started reading. Um, I haven't finished it yet, so I can't speak for the whole thing. But um, the first part of it takes place, uh, it, it picks up with the Battle of Maxia, as they call it. The, 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 you know, Picard's encounter with the Ferengi ship that ends up with him abandoning. And it's actually really well written and, and recommended. It's called The Buried Age. And then it goes on to what he does between the Stargazer and the Enterprise. Mm-hmm. That's the part I haven't read yet. But the, the part that covers what happened in this episode and what's referred to in this episode was quite good. 
So if nothing else, the prologue to this book is a nice companion to uh, the episode. And I like when people do that. I like when they go and fill in those details because I wasn't entirely clear on what happened even when they talked about the Picard maneuver and all that. I just like, I don't, I don't really get it. It yeah. doesn't really feel like Picard, but seeing someone go back and sort of fill in the details made a little more sense yeah. to me. Which was nice. Um, I did like the look of the ghosts in his flashbacks. Yeah, that was really cool. Where they're on the bridge and there's sort of glowing former crewmen there. I actually, I, I actually really like when it happens in his room and he just sort of imagines the bridge around yeah. him. Yeah, that is that is quite cool. And again, the Stargazer itself looked cool. The, the, the ship model and, and the set, the bridge set, looked good. Mm -hmm. was, uh, yeah, that was good. Yeah. I quite enjoyed the look of things. But again, season one looks a lot better than we expected it to, so that's that's been a pleasant surprise. It, it, it's really been a good-looking season. I know we say that a lot, but like it, it's, at the moment, well, it it's continues the best to surprise thing. Us. <laughs> it's, yeah. It's, yeah, it's, it's, it's the thing we have to cling on to at some point. Yeah. yeah. Well, that and the, the, the main cast, as far as acting goes, are quite good. I, I'm going to say, and some of this is the writing, but a lot of it is her. Gates McFadden is not up to the level of everyone else yet. No. She will be. I know. I know she has it in her. But uh, I, I actually was watching with Amanda, and she pointed out that, that she's a bit soap opery at this point. You're and not wrong. She wasn't wrong. Has, I think um, that's where she came yeah, from. Did, and I, I would not be surprised if she used to be a soap opera actress. And it feels like it. But when she comes back in season three, it seems like she falls into the, the rhythm of everyone else, and she, she's good. Mm -hmm. But early on, it feels like everyone else is trying to do their best, and she's just kind of TV acting. Mm -hmm. Well, Captain Picard, I don't know why that happened throw her wrist up on her forehead oh. my son oh no but what of Jean-Luc <laughs> and Wesley isn't my son <laughs> but Wesley's evil twin is no oh, that's war <laughs> that's war <laughs> your brother war okay we gotta save that damn it can't blow our wad on that material our lore wad yeah <laughs> <laughs> I designed your uh, yeah. brother to have a wad. You don't. <laughs> the uh, Speaking of Wesley and his awfulness, this is the first appearance of his rainbow outfit, mm -hmm. which uh, it appears to me that it is a, uh, it's meant to, like, there's three stripes. There's three colors, red, yellow, and blue. I think those are meant to be the red, yellow, and blue of the uniforms. And since he hasn't decided what department he's in yet, he gets all three of them, but it looks incredibly Yeah, cute. see, that's but a... I think that's the logic That's a it, decent no prize, but it doesn't make the sweater look any less retarded. No, but I, I don't even think that's a no prize. I think if we if we looked into it, we'd probably find that's the actual mm. reason. But it's, yeah, it still looks terrible. Like, that's his uniform until he gets a real uniform, right? I Well, there's a cadet uniform in between. Yeah, no, that's what I mean. Like his... Uh, yeah, and then he, gets a, then he gets a proper one. Yeah. Like his black uniform with just the red stripe or whatever. Yeah. Um... Yeah, they just don't know how to dress that kid for a really no. long time. <laughs> no, I, d I don't understand that. I mean, did they actually think children wear jumpers like that? Well, no, in the future they will, because we've <laughs> well, evolved beyond clothes that look decent. We've evolved beyond the need for good-looking clothing. Yeah. Dress <laughs> your children in whatever crap you find around. I could actually believe that, because none of them wear good clothing. No. Out of, out of, out no, and that's, crew, that's out of much like... Um, much like them trying to do sexy. When they try to do normal clothes, they also almost always yes. fail. Like, their civilian clothes just look terrible. Star Trek has no, has never had any idea what civilian clothing looks like. See, I think the problem is the costume designers really want to try to go for the future thing, and they just they, they have no idea. Yeah. Whereas 
the uniforms obviously go through many drafts. I'm like, no, we're going to have to watch this every week. We really want to get it right. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they, they, they perfect it. But whatever Picard's shirt's is this week it doesn't really yeah, just, matter you're only going to see it once just drape a go with of cloth made out of apples yeah. over them <laughs> go down to the far point mall and uh, think of some clothing and it'll appear <laughs> go see this guy G Zorn he'll help you out Minimal, far point mall alright anything else about this one uh, uh, no there was a bit about uh that they're incriminating Picard because it's um, there's a thing logged in his own voice that says he oh, fired God, yeah. he fired deliberately, oh. and they're like, well, they, they treat it like really seriously. Never mind well, the fact that like, two or three episodes ago, Wesley made something to make yeah, sound any, like his voice. Yep. Any child can build a, a robot Picard <laughs> pal. Like, yeah, it's not hard. This is indeed a disturbing universe we live in. When any when any small smug child can make a robot of a captain. <laughs> All I know is no kid ever built a, a, a Captain Kirk voice box. All I know is that they don't have Captain Kirk voices on my planet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, that was pretty ridiculous as a plot point because the show has gone out of its way to show that obviously someone can do that. So that's that. Those are the con continuity things that kind of bug me. I don't, you know, you know me. I don't the continuity things that keep me up at night. Yes. Now, when the show just like well, contradicts it's in, itself, it's in the same a series or the same season. Yeah. Sorry, so you'd think they would know that. Mm -hmm. That's what I mean. Like, if if you know, if you got one showrunner kind of keeping track of all yeah. this stuff, they should at least keep the, those details. Like, know. it's dumb how easy a fix this is. Yeah, exactly. But again, that that doesn't ruin the episode. No. It just gives us something no. to laugh at. Yeah. I mean, it's fine if it uh, you know doesn't if it's a good story and stuff. But yeah. It's 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 not bad. It's it's okay, but it's it's an inconsequential part of that. Yeah. No, I I feel like this the the ultimately this episode falls apart pretty much because it's season one. I think if they had done this basic story a few years later, when they had better production values and better actors and better directing, they probably could have gotten a really good episode. Yeah. Out of it. There's some good ideas here, and anytime you're going into the captain's past and finding out what he did before, and you know that kind of thing, that that's some good stuff there. I just feel like. The show wasn't quite up to the level of quality to pull this off yet. Right. That that was my thought. Is it felt like there was some potential here, but they didn't quite live up to mm -hmm. it. Where, whereas Justice was just a stupid idea. This was a good idea, not done yeah. very well. No, nothing could have improved Justice, but uh, the the <laughs> battle could have been Fire, improved maybe. like fairly well. Yeah. No, you do this in season three, and it's probably a pretty yes. good episode. But not. not of course, then they'd probably bring Bach back once a year. Yeah, that's ah Picard. I've come to menace you again. Well, Bach, my old my friend, old friend <laughs> still looking yeah. for revenge for my son. Ah. Again, again. <laughs> I really don't or have anything and... else going on. <laughs> he and uh, Picard's <laughs> other nemesis get combined in the transporter and become Bach. <laughs> <laughs> Don't ever steal a portmanteau from me again. <laughs> yes, sir. I'm sorry. Sir. Okay. Anything else about the battle? Uh, there was the bit where Riker... Well, the two two first officers working together. I kind yeah, of I like, that. like that. Yeah. Apart from the line, first officer to first officer. Which they used 
like two or three yes. times. Yes, because I just thought it was too, I don't know, on the nose. It's... Yeah, exactly. No, but but I like that Riker is sort of the guy who goes and, and handles this stuff. Like Picard's not great with people always, and, and Riker kind of like, you know what, let's let's let the captains do their blustery mm-hmm. whatever. Come on, you just you, you, you and me. me. Let's uh, let's settle this, huh? I would actually have that, been okay that's... with them bringing I forget his name, but the Ferengi, uh, the Ferengi um, second in command. The first yeah, officer. Yeah, if he had come back as like you know like not quite a villain, but like like uh, Ferengi that sort of respected Riker, you know, that would have been a really yeah interesting almost character. his friend like yeah if you, just like oh if you need if you need information about the Ferengi, Riker would be like hey I yeah. know a guy I might that might that might yeah that would be that might that would have been good yeah. We're thinking more like DS9, though. That's the kind of uh-huh. thing they would have done. God, I can't wait. We don't get, get to watch that to for DS9. many years. Yeah, I know. I really, I'm really Jones. And I know, little friend. <laughs> and then there's the bit where the two first officers are talking, uh, and Riker says to him, "You know, this is over video or whatever." Uh-huh. And Riker says to him, uh, "Is your channel secure?" And the Ferengi says, and "Presses a button and says it is now." Should shouldn't that be? The default setting? <laughs> on, you would on Ferengi ships, I mean, it's just like, are... I don't mind people listening to this conversation. On Ferengi ships, all yeah, the conversations are, are just played out all like over the PA system. See, that seems exactly <laughs> the opposite, because if you're brokering some kind of special negotiated deal for a price, for a profit, mm-hmm. and so forth, you don't want other people well, to hear yeah. it. But I don't know. Of course, you know, they're all ears. Mm. <laughs> I am, as you humans uh, say, oh, really? really, this is the dialogue you're giving me, huh? Wonderful. All right. <laughs> so I had to sit in the makeup chair for eight hours putting these things on. You're making all ears joke. Yeah. Okay. Good thing I'm getting paid for this. I'm not. Why, uh, why am I here? <laughs> Wait, have we imagined that this Ferengi actor is not getting paid for sure, why not? our weird <laughs> fantasy about him? Uh, I feel really bad for that pretend guy. <laughs> Maybe that's why the writers went on strike. Because they wouldn't pay one Ferengi. Yeah. <laughs> I like that kind of... Justice uh, for the Ferengi. I like that kind of solidarity. No, not, not justice. Not, not literally the episode justice. No, God. <laughs> although, although, as one of you pointed out, sending them to that planet mm-hmm. would be yeah. pretty great. <laughs> Your average Ferengi would ru- run that planet in less than a week. Yeah, unless it's Rom, then maybe not. Hey, brother. <laughs> hey, brother. <laughs> Oh, I did a I bad fixed thing. your ventilation shafts. So <laughs> you right. got that going for you uh, now. Which, which, which is a euphemism. <laughs> <laughs> Everything is a euphemism on this planet, human. I want to uh, make l- it. Last thing I, I want. I want mm-hmm. to make it with uh, the last thing I want to say about this episode. Um, is the whole the, 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 the just well not this episode specifically. I have noticed that they do. St- Spend a lot of time staring into space <laughs> or at walls and things. It was it was quite evident in one scene where Riker and Data were in the captain's ready room. Yeah, it feels and like it, they must have wanted to do voiceovers and then just they, they didn't. Mm-hmm. But they didn't edit out the part where people are standing yeah. there. No, it's just, and, and Riker's just staring at the wall because it's the end of a scene. And right, it's just, and it's like it's almost as if Data doesn't realize it's the end of the scene. <laughs> <laughs> Sir, yeah. Sir. <laughs> But it feels like, you know, if you if you edited it that differently, you could have, you know, well, I wasn't sure what the captain was going to do next. 
you know, like that that could work, but they just left it. As there. I stared out the what window, a Blade I Runner thought, style narration. I thought back on the dame who was waiting outside for me. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's in, in a couple of weeks. We'll be there, so uh, that'll be all right. All right. Uh, well, my good thing for this episode was the stargazer. As I say, the, uh, the, the both the exterior and the interior were quite cool. It's, it's always nice, as as we pointed out as we were watching the original series. There were no other kinds of ships in Kirk's time. All seventy nine, eighty episodes, whatever it was. There was only the one kind of ship the yep. whole time, and we got a couple in the movies, but it's nice that Next Gen finally sort of fleshes out the, the, the fleet, and we see, you know, different ships, which is which is cool, and the Stargazer's quite nice. Uh, and my bad thing was Beverly Crusher, the most useless doctor in mm-hmm. Starfleet. Uh, yeah, my good thing is, I re- like I said, I really like Bach as a villain. I would have liked to have seen that character sort of, like, come, maybe not come back, but de- I would like to have seen that character develop more. Sure. And my bad thing is, well, it's also my quote, so we'll just just play that now. You're welcome, ladies. Adults. Okay. Fucking so what Wesley. You... Yeah, that's... As you said, you want to know why we yeah, hate him. this is why. The, the pro-Wesley contingent. It's lines uh-huh. like this. And this is the attitude he will have again mm-hmm. and again. It's not this one like, time. Like, when we started this, I was willing to not dislike Wesley. No, I wanted to go in with my eyes open and say, okay, well, maybe my assumptions were wrong. We certainly corrected a lot of assumptions in the yeah. original series. But, uh, no, we it's shit wrong, like this. No. This uh, is just bad writing. Uh, yeah, and I think even uh, in uh, one of his report, like Will Wheaton talks about, this is sort of where the Wesley hatred started when they started giving me lines like this. Yeah. Not great. Uh, Gap? Uh, my my good thing uh, is again the stargazer. I just liked you know seeing into the captain's past a bit and mm-hmm. you know the, the uh, ship and everything. Uh, and my bad thing is Wesley solving the problem with one glance at a brain pattern he knows nothing about. Yeah, I mean he's supposed to be this genius, maybe in physics, yeah. but brain patterns are a whole other. First of all, I don't think they even exist. But putting that aside and saying okay, there's pseudoscience or whatever. Yeah, Wesley doesn't know brains. That's you know, his mom. Yeah, this is a really stuff. good way yeah. to have it give Crusher something to do. Yeah, and my whole <laughs> but, thing is, but, we really but she's need just to see... yeah, she doesn't. She's rubbish, and she's and even 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 as Will Wheaton says, the, the robot doesn't even solve yeah. this, and, but yeah. he does. Yeah, that that's a bit much. I I don't know. I just I feel like they really needed Beverly to you know save someone's life or do you know solve a mystery or something. To show that she belongs with the rest of these people. They're all supposed to be the best at what they do, and she just isn't. Maybe that's why they have to send her back to Starfleet Medical at the end of the season. You gotta get your degree again. (laughs) Yeah, she didn't finish school, maybe. (laughs) She she kept having that reoccurring nightmare where uh, it turns out you didn't finish some class, except that it turns out to be true with her. (laughs) Somebody looks up her her, uh, record one day. Oh, she didn't. Well, that shouldn't be. And also you have to serve out the entire term naked. (laughs) <laughs> wow, that would be all right. Okay, so that's all for this week. Um, Gav, you, you've already chosen one for season two. I'm curious, which which uh, which one do you have your eye on? I have chosen an episode called "Up the Long Ladder." Oh, right. Which which, which features uh, well, I would say stereotypes. I believe I believe you've chosen it because your people. <laughs> My people, yes. <laughs> Uh, as right. long as the uh, buffalo the... is soared high in the sky. <laughs> the buffalo is never soared high in the sky. What the hell are you even <laughs> talking about? You. I'm talking about, my, I'm... about the spirit buffalo. 
Oh, I'm so high now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm tripping balls. All right. Uh, next week we have another Q episode already, and uh, the first appearance of Loxana Troy. So that should yes. be a lot of fun. So until then, Matt. Yeah, folks. The Post Atomic Horror Podcast is a co-production of Ron Algar Watt and Matt Robotham. Copyright 2011. Please don't sue us. We're just doing this for fun.